another edition of the IDCA to Infinity Paradigm and Beyond podcast, where we bring in the most recognized faces and thought leaders of the interesting that I use faces in my intro, considering the fact that we're on the equivalent of recorded radio. But anyway, thought leaders of the technology industry and have candid discussions on industry topics that are top of mind for IT professionals. And uh, without giving it away, I can't think of a topic that's more top of mind than what uh, my guest today and I will be talking about. And speaking of my guests, I'd like to welcome and thank him for joining me, uh, Kevin Jackson, CEO of GC Global Net. Kevin, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're working on these days. Hello. Well, great. Thank you very much for, for having me on. Um, so uh, GC Global Net, uh, we recently rebranded we from GovCloud Network, is focused on helping organizations leverage the new and exciting technologies. Uh, we actually initially focused on cloud computing, but now we're looking and supporting our clients as they leverage the 5G deployment and edge computing. And uh, this is really exciting because it affects every industry vertical from healthcare to retail to transportation to just uh, consumer goods and, and gaming. Things like virtual reality and augmented reality and 3D printing and, and going to Mars. It's just, it's just so exciting to be in the midst of, of constant change in our society. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I'm actually really excited about jumping into the topic today um, because, I mean, as most of my um, listeners know, anybody that knows me at all know that... Um, I've been spending a lot of time around the topic of edge these days. So excited to get into it with someone else who is extremely well-versed and actually directly working with, um, with customers on that same issue. So, you know, before we jump into the, to the um, fun part, let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Like <laughs> what, what does Kevin like to do when he's not battling ones and O's and servers and networks and, and edges and middles and center clouds and so forth? Well, I, I tell you, it's, um, you know, you can tell that I'm, I'm really excited about what I'm doing. So I do, I do happen to do a lot of travel, um, uh, speaking and, and writing and, and, and presenting and, and doing classes. So I try to leverage that by getting a feeling of the uh, wherever I'm going. So I, I love travel, but I like to learn about the culture, um, get out of the city, um, sometimes taking trips to uh, places that are hard to go or that I'll never get an opportunity to go. So I, I, I love eating all different types of food and, and going to a different arts. Um, I, I uh, especially like uh, going to uh, plays in other countries and seeing plays about things that I have sort of a Western view or U.S. view on and seeing the same topic from the view of another culture or another country or Eastern view. So I try to leverage my travel to learn more about society because we're all so 
interconnected. I mean, on on the internet, you know, you are, at least I am, constantly communicating with people with uh, different worldviews and different backgrounds and different cultures. And it's always better if you, you know, have a little taste of what their viewpoint is. So I just enjoy that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very similar. I mean, uh, uh, like recently I took my wife to London for four days on our anniversary, mm -hmm. just a quick trip. And we stayed at the Shard. We stayed at the Shangri-La, very British. And mm -hmm. um, we had tea service there. And of course, if you're going to go to London, why wouldn't you stay in, a, in an Asian hotel and have <laughs> yeah. a tea service from an Asian hotel? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. No, but all kidding aside, uh, I, I agree that as much as I complain about traveling, um, I enjoy the notion of, of going to new places, meeting new people, and learning more about the world. And, and, and uh, I can tell you that um, that experience has taught me that we do live in a... Um, in a community, and the more we understand that community, uh, I think the better humans we uh, uh, can become. So that's outstanding. One, yeah, one thing that's uh, kind of on our topic actually um, is I I do travel with my wife. She does a lot of marketing for me, and and we actually had the opportunity to visit China at the invitation of Huawei Technologies, and yeah. and Huawei is known to be the world's leading uh, producers of 5G technology, and they gave us an opportunity to actually tour their plant. Yeah. But while I was there, we you know, went to Hong Kong, Shenzhen, and, and Shanghai, um, and got you know, out of the city and uh, away from the technology. And in, in the midst of the uh, you know, international tensions, uh, between the U.S. and China, it was really a, a, a good breath of first, uh, fresh air. Yeah. I heard today, actually, that uh, I guess there's going to be a, a tentative agreement uh, between the uh, U.S. and China. So I hope uh, with respect to the trade war, so I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, that getting better because, you know, 5G is an important technology uh, for us all, and you know, part of our topic, it's critical to edge as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you actually mentioned a couple of places that I would urge anybody listening to this if they haven't um, looked at it before. Uh, just as an example of Chinese growth uh, in their cities, Shenzhen 20 years ago was a village, and now it's a city of uh, double-digit millions. And um, mm -hmm. and uh, the. Um, uh, city of Shang, uh, Shanghai um, was mostly on the side of the river that includes the area called the Bund, which is um, where all the old embassies used to be and things like that. And across the river was farming and, and stuff. And uh, so take a picture, take a look at a picture from pre-1995 of uh, across the river Pudong. Uh, in Shanghai, and then take another look at a picture from most recent. Uh, and it's just amazing that a city uh, of that size could have added so much in, yeah. in the subsequent 20 years. It's just mind boggling. Yep. All right. So let's get into the first question. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is uh, something that I spend a lot of time on. Um, uh, you know, even, even the idea of calling um, 
digital transformation, biz transformation, and then linking edge to, to that activity. Uh, so I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say about that, Kevin. Uh, and, and the simple question is, how should a business consider edge when they're executing a biz transformation? Yeah, this is really uh, an important aspect of, of where we're going. I mean, um, companies, businesses were originally used to operating out of their data center. They would have one or two data centers and typically it would be hardwired to their desk and that's how they would work. Then we all left our desk and we wanted to have mobility and, and to be able to access this information via tablets and smartphones and sit on the beach while we have our meeting with the board of directors, right? So, yeah. so we all sort of moved to the cloud. We said, okay, cloud service providers had these data centers. Um, they have multiple data centers. So let's take our applications and deploy them to the cloud so that we would have better access to our information. We would be able to access our applications and work better from wherever we are. Right. Uh, and that, that was great and, and good, but even with cloud data centers, you still had limitations with bandwidth and, and limitations with latency. So some applications really wouldn't work. And as we uh, advanced to using uh, better forms of collaboration, you know, like uh, video and web conferencing and virtual reality and augmented reality, these bandwidth limitations started to affect the type of applications that we could put out in the field. And so what Edge allows us to do is to take our applications, which are sitting in a cloud data center and moving them to a location that's instead of you know hundreds of miles away, maybe less than 10 miles away. Um, so those servers and those applications are coming closer to wherever we are. That gives us the ability to reduce the distance and with new telecommunications technologies like the fifth generation telecommunications, we are getting bandwidth to our mobile device that devices that can actually give us that augmented reality and those, that video conferencing right next to us. And they're using the servers that are, you know, less than 10 miles away. So you get less latency, you get more um, agility, you can do more things with the application. So businesses need to think about their processes, their services, their products that need large amounts of bandwidth or that um, need to take context from the location of where the actual customer is and to use that context to customize 
the service or application. So that that's where Edge is going to really differentiate services and products. It's being able to take that context of the end user and infusing that knowledge, that capability into the actual product or service in real time. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense, Kevin. And, and I really like the way you brought it back to uh, the customer side of the equation. And, and to extend that part of the conversation just a little bit more, um, uh, would you say, you know, it's, it's almost um, a logical extension of biz transformation when you think that, when you think, when I, at least when I think, and, I, and I, obviously I want your opinion on this, not mine. Um, yeah. I think when I think about biz transformation, I really think that the leading driver for business transformation always ends up being the customer, right? And sometimes that customer might be the internal employee, but, and, and, but in many cases, it's about having a business that's more responsive in any number of ways to uh, customer needs and customer interactions. And, and so, you know, am I, am I overstepping? Am I overthinking when I think that edge computing might be sort of the hand to the company's body? <laughs> no, you, you, you got that right. Um, and I think about the olden days, right? When your, the technology that you used at work was much better than anything that you would have at home. And the, the uh, IT manager at work um, ran their domain with an iron fist. They told you what devices you could use, what applications you could use, when you could use it, and where you could use it. That all changed when technology uh, became a consumer product, and companies really pushed to give the consumers what they want, the consumerization of IT. Then the whole model shifted, and the worst day of the year was like the first work day after Christmas when everybody had opened up their newest gadget and they wanted to bring it in and connect it to the um, business network. Yep. And, and before, the IT manager could say no, but they can't do that anymore. You right. know, and all the companies decided to do BYOB or a deal, bring your own device. Yep. So the consumerizations, the consumers started to drive what you could do with technology. And if you look at where the consumers are going today, it's about different ways to interact with technology. Um, voice, gestures. Um, I mean, Alexa was, is known as the first ambient computer where you're interacting with, with the computer without actually thinking about interacting with the computer. You're, you're, it, it's natural right now, or it's getting to be natural for you to get into your car and expect it to tell you where to go. I mean, in a good way, yep. <laughs> but, but, you know, all of that requires, um, uh, it's, it's really changing how society views 
technology and how to interact with technology. And that comes into the workplace. So companies will need to follow society. Um, and edge computing is, is really the only way to follow society because now society wants to do gaming. They want to be immersed in their entertainment. So your employees are going to want to be able to be immersed in their collaboration as they work. Yep. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just makes so much sense. And, um, and that, you know, that immersion and interaction comes from, you know, everything, right? It, I mean, it comes mm -hmm. from, from better web applications to, um, to VR as you walk through an environment where somebody has written an application that allows you to interact more effectively with a, a city's park or a city's library. I mean, the, the potential uh, opportunities there to form connections with customers or to deliver new apps and services because of edge computing. And back to your point about 5G, I think it's a, a big part of making that a, a more likely reality. Um, uh, yeah, you were talking about being able to interact with a park. Yep. So if, if I am trying to, I'm a construction company and I want to put a bid in to build, design and build a park, let's say. Yep. I want to be able to go to my customer's office and then render in 3D on top of their desk what the future park will look like. Right, right. In order to do that, you, need, you will need high bandwidth, complex um, applications. And if the customer says, you know, that Ferris wheel, I don't want it there, you know, looking at the 3D rendition. He, yeah. He'll say, well, I want it over here. You want to be able to move that Ferris wheel from the east side of the park to the west side of the park. That's right. How is that going to be possible unless you have a complex application moving high amounts of data over a 5G network near your customer's office? Yeah, yeah, no, and it's so true. And and then to kind of wrap that up is um, is that even if you could move that network in a reasonable amount of time, that network traffic in a reasonable amount of time to uh, you know a, a cloud uh, somewhere in the distance, you know, even if it was just a few hundred miles away, you'd be moving some significant bandwidth that had no other value for what it's being used for than what it was being used for right at that moment. And, um, and that puts a lot of uh, strain on, on the public cloud and it puts a lot of strain on bandwidth on the backhaul that um, is otherwise unnecessary. Yeah, and uh, a, a term that um, I've been using a lot lately uh, is ephemeral. Yep. Um, yep. When, when you have a virtual machine uh, you use an it's, it's an ephemeral um, server, right? right? It's only there when you need it. Yep. You have ephemeral storage that's only there when you need it. Well, we 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 now take pictures on social media, and we have ephemeral pictures that are only there for a day. Yep. Um, Snapchat, you know, yep. your message is only there for a day. Well. 
Well, we're looking now at ephemeral applications and ephemeral bandwidth uh, by using 5G and technologies like network slicing. You can, for a short period of time, provide high bandwidth to a single location during your meeting. And then when, you, when you're finished, you leave, that bandwidth shrinks back down to normal. Right. So these, these are different and exciting business models that companies and business needs to think of. And they need to think of it from the customer point of view. Yep. Uh, we have long been in an age where we can do anything we think of. The challenge always is being able to think of it. So right. you, have to, you have to think outside of the box. That's what innovation is all about. Yep, yep, I no, totally agree, great points. So um, let's, let's move on to a slightly different angle on Edge mm -hmm. and um, talk a little bit about, you, you even hinted at it at, the, at your opening, um, and I, I, I think I wholeheartedly agree with you, your, the point you could have made there. And that's that there really are few exceptions in, in if any exceptions in modern business uh, from a vertical standpoint or a regional standpoint where Edge uh, doesn't have a fit. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing is that today is all about mobility. It's being able to access product and services from multiple devices at any time from anywhere. And your customers expect that. But as we, as the um, wireless technologies advance from fourth generation to fifth generation, what we're going to run into is a uh, difference in the types of technology that can be deployed. And this is going to be a, a regional thing. Some regionals will have one type of technology over another, others will be vice versa. So companies will have to not only understand what type of services and products, but the, the geographic location of the customers will matter. And these customers will move as well. So um, you, will, you will really need to understand the customer's journey more than ever, what they need, what they require. And every industry vertical has a customer. And I, I was talking to a, uh, a client the other day who was in B2B. Um, and it was all about the supply chain as industry 4.0 uh, comes into four companies uh, need to be better at buying products from other companies. So visibility into the supply chain, leveraging RFID, being able to use blockchain for contracting uh, and for negotiations, uh, being able to use web conferencing 
um, as a way of legally documenting agreements. All of these things may require, uh, can require uh, an edge computing approach. Yeah, no, and so uh, first, you know, before I go into to breaking this question down a little bit more, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm seeing much the same thing in the people that I'm working with. And, and so, you know, to talk about that, the, the customer a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about the industry, it's, it's easy for people that are first contemplating edge from a consumer standpoint, when they're thinking about, you know, what's already obvious, like the gaming consumer, the maybe the rich media consumer, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe even a retail consumer that is uh, leveraging some compute or presentation capacity in the store they happen to be in, like, you know, being able to, to, to look at, um, at how things will look in real time on their body without having to wear the clothes first or whatever while they're in the store or, or seeing what movies are playing at a theater as they drive by um, because the information is being presented in augmented reality to their phone in, in real time. Um, and those things are, are more obvious, uh, I think, to folks when they start really thinking about it. But, you know, to, to just kind of drive home the point you made in your thing, you're, you're really suggesting effectively that regardless of whether your business means that you have an office or a store in every town, the reality is, is that you still have customers. It could be, it could be you only have a thousand customers, one in every major city, and that's a, and that's a vendor. It could mean right. that you have customers all over the world, but they only buy or interact with three places, um, three office campuses in the world. And, and what changes is that you're going to need to be able to build a constructive, ongoing, immersive relationship with those customers, whether or not they traditionally would go into one of your outlets uh, on the local um, uh, corner mall. Right, and you can actually go to the other end of the spectrum. What if I'm a manufacturer? I have one um, uh, manufacturing floor and I'm only building one type of products. Well, I want to um, enhance the quality and the quantity of products. So I may want to get robots in on my plant floor uh, to help me build more, build faster. Well, these robots are going to be operating on a network and the amount of data that these robots need to exchange exceed the capability of our current Wi-Fi Wi-Fi networks. Yep. So you need to put a 5G local cell on your uh, manufacturing floor. Yep. And in order to um, monitor, operate, and have these robots interact with your humans and with your management, you'll need to have a edge computing solution right there on your uh, manufacturing floor. Yeah. Not just to interact with your robots, but yeah. you don't want that data to leave your 
your floor. You, it, this is your proprietary information. This is um, your way of being ahead in the market. So you don't want that data going out to a public cloud. So you too will have an edge computing solution right there on your floor. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and kind of a, a, you know, anecdotal point. Um, I've often uh, clashed with folks about the importance of latency, um, even mm -hmm. sometimes with folks that, that are in the networking industry and should know better. And um, I think one example um, uh, that I, I like to use um, with folks is, is in the gaming space. And, and I ask people what they think the importance of latency is gaming is. And then I said, and they say, oh, it doesn't make any difference if it's 20 or 40 milliseconds or 60 milliseconds. And I go, really? So you, you think the milliseconds don't matter? And then I said, I want you to go out and ask 10, any 10 gamers that are serious about gaming, uh, where they play competitive gaming with other people online in some interactive universe and ask them whether they use the wireless handset for playing on their game console. Most right, of, exactly. Most of those gamers, as you already know, would say, oh, I would never use the wireless one. It adds too much latency. <laughs> so if you're worried about the two or three additional milliseconds that are added by using the Wi-Fi in your house versus having a direct network connection, then hell yes. Yeah. Bringing the, the service 100 miles or 200 miles or 20 milliseconds closer, whatever it works out to, is gonna be a huge opportunity for the gaming community. The other thing, um, if we're gonna talk about gaming, is in, in virtual reality. Uh, those um, milliseconds or nanoseconds um, could be the difference of enjoying the game or you know, you know, losing today's lunch because you got right. sick. That's right. <laughs> your brain, your brain will make you sick if you have too much latency in the network. Yeah, I've heard I've heard different numbers, but um, most people seem to come down somewhere between six and ten milliseconds. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's obviously not very much. I mean, that's um, you know, uh, one tenth. Uh, 10 milliseconds is one hundredth of a second. Yeah. And so that's all it takes for your mind to realize that what they're seeing doesn't jive with the movement that they're experiencing. And, uh, and it will make you sick. So yeah, absolutely. Excellent <laughs> point. So Kevin, we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're doing pretty good and I, I, I really like the content. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go on to that third question and let's see if we can just yeah. through it in five or six minutes. But, um, so the third question is, you know, assuming edge takes real shape in the next couple of years, what are we, and not, not technologists, not, not a, a chemical mill, not a mining operation in the middle of the outback of Australia, but what are we as consumers likely to see, assuming things develop the way you and I probably agree they will in the next couple of years? So um, a friend of mine, Melvin Greer, has been bringing up the fact that um, artificial intelligence is becoming a real part of our lives. Um, and to really know how to leverage artificial intelligence 
and machine learning, we all have to be data literate. We have to understand what data is, the importance of data, and how to leverage data in our everyday lives. So I, I believe um, that's going to affect society in the way we communicate and in what we communicate um, and uh, in how we interact with each other because we're not going to be interacting person to person. We're going to be interacting through these networks and through these devices. We're going to be interacting with artificial intelligence and artificial humans. I'm, I'm already upset at all the robots that call me <laughs> during this yep. time of year, right? Yep. But more and more, these, these robots or these artificial humans are doing things that I need. It's, just, it's not just a telemarketer anymore. Right. Right. Um, they, it may be um, a, a, a loved one interacting through a device um, that happens to be leveraging an artificial interface that you're talking to. <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's not always a thing. Um, and the way you interact with these things uh, will require a much higher level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. So I see us really um, being better at interacting with each other because we're going to have so many different channels to interact through. Right, right. Right. Um, and, and you won't know, you know, you, you may kind of know where that person is, but you know, our society is, is becoming a global society. Um, and we will need, as we talked at the very beginning, we'll need to know more about other cultures and other viewpoints. Um, and as we interact through multiple omni channels, with other humans and uh, real humans and artificial humans, uh, we'll need to be better at communication. Right, right. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and um, you know, the, the, I like the examples that you raise there and, and um, mm -hmm. wouldn't mind your thoughts on an example I used. I was at a conference in, um, in Europe uh, back in May. Mm -hmm. And, and um, of course, conferences are usually held in, in convention centers and and I was talking edge with some folks and it wasn't even part of the my speaking but I was talking with some folks about edge and um, and I suggested that you know we're in the middle of a of a large conference hall there are 3,000 people milling about um, there are you know a hundred different uh, vendor booths showing some sort of uh, capability service or technology uh, right. There are three or four different tracks of speaking uh, opportunities and learning opportunities in different parts of the convention center. And, you know, my vision is that at some point, two or three years from now, you'll be able to point your phone and identify the things that you are more interested in or find the people that you want to talk to 
whether they're vendors, partners, or your friends that happen to be at the conference, understand by pointing it at a room whether the content in that room is what you want to be involved in and uh, whether the conference has gotten started yet or not. Uh, and all of that will occur on premise and there'll be no need for that data to ever be somewhere else and it will be useless to anyone the day after the conference is over. Yeah, and we're already doing virtual conferences on online, but you know, we're going to be um, seeing immersive conferences um, and the consumers are, the, the, the technology that retail is using to try to sell and get consumers immersive in their products and, you know, putting clothes on person on a person so they can see what they look like in a, a, a wardrobe. All of that is going to drive not just your shopping, but also your selling and buying. Yeah, 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 no, I, I totally agree. So, Kevin, um, this has been a lot of fun and, and fascinating. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed I, it. Thank you. Uh, same here. And uh, really, really appreciated your insights. And, and frankly, I, um, uh, your ability to, to start at one end of the field and methodically get down to the other end of the field for a touchdown on any given topic <laughs> is, um, is admirable. And I'm going to have to uh, uh, listen to you more often so I can be better at it. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proverbial rat hole chaser. Um, so uh, I appreciate your, your skill there. Thank you. And uh, I hope the audience does as well. No, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think uh, communication is about telling a story. And that's how you get the interest of people. And that's how people learn. So thank you very much for listening to my stories. No, I appreciate it. And again, thank you for contributing. And so everyone uh, involved in closing, um, uh, that's all for today's episode. Uh, I really want to thank you for listening and thank Kevin again for joining. Uh, and Kevin, before we let you go, um, mm -hmm. uh, I would personally recommend uh, that anybody out there that's interested in learning more about um, modern technology trends, including edge and cloud, et cetera, uh, should um, pay attention to uh, Kevin's writings and, and or uh, look for places where he's um, speaking or, or doing podcasts, uh, uh, as in today's IDCA podcast. Um, but Kevin, where can where else can people find you? I mean, besides your LinkedIn page, where else can they find you? Well, you can uh, find me at uh, kevinljackson.com uh, and um, on uh, social media on, on on Twitter at kevin underscore jackson and at our website um, gcglobalnet.com. I'll awesome. see you online. Awesome, and I, I can tell you as someone who has interacted with Kevin on Twitter for several years now. Uh, I always enjoy the banter and um, and uh, his content. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about, I'm talking about you in the third person. Um, <laughs> his his content is uh, is always thought provoking and and uh, insightful. So I would urge you to give him a follow. Uh, and with that, uh, you can find me on Twitter at um, mtle10 m t h i e l e one zero. And if you know of someone who might be a good candidate for this podcast in the future, 
please shoot me an email at podcast at idc-a.org. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening. And thanks again, Kevin, for participating. Thank you.